you standing, open your Bibles, please, to the book of Hosea. Now, we only have so much time, so you're going to have to find it. The book Hosea, all right? If you know where Daniel is, right after Daniel. If you don't know where either one of those are, there's an index in the front of your Bible. I'm not making fun. Uh, that's the way you have to learn. Or you could be in my Bible class in junior high, high school, and they all have to learn how to know where they're at, how to spell it, and their correct position. And they have to learn how to write to where I can read it. That's the big problem right there. Hosea chapter number 13, verse number 9. Hosea chapter 13, verse number 9. Oh, Israel. Oh, you're not there. I told you the book didn't tell you chapter. 13. There are 13 chapters, right? O Israel, thou hast destroyed thyself, but in me is thine help. I'm going to preach on this for about an hour. Contrary to some people, I hope that you listen. Father, thank you for the Bible. I suppose if most of us wrote it, we'd either be too critical or we would avoid certain subjects because it's just not accepted. So I'm glad that in heaven my word was settled, that the Holy Ghost of God actually used holy men to write the Bible, but he was the author. God, the Holy Spirit, authored this book. So I pray that tonight every one of us will have plowed up our fallow ground, if that's what we have, and came here tonight saying, God, please, I need you to talk with Help me to live right. Help me to do what's needed. I need thee. Oh, I need thee every hour. I need thee. So God bless the dear people tonight. For Christ's sake, we pray these things. Amen. You may be seated. to be all you want me to be. Your service is my desire. I so want to know you. 
and in your love grow with heavenly power. I yield my life to you. I'm willing to be used wherever you bid me, I'll go. So, Lord Jesus, daily, I pray that you'll break me, that your love I might show. Make me a vessel of mercy. Father, make me a vessel that's true. Fill me with love and compassion and fashion my heart to be a vessel worthy of you. Fill me with love and compassion and fashion my heart to be a vessel worthy of you. want my heart to be a vessel worthy of you. Number 13, verse number 9. O Israel, thou hast destroyed thyself, but in me is thine help. I should not have to preface any message that I preach after all these years, but I'm going to hit on some things that will hit a little close to home to some of us, and I want you to just take it as a, like Miss Vicki, the doctor told her that he was actually trying to help her, but had to tell her some bad news. Thank the Lord, though, it turned out to be good news. Well, not what he said, but what God did. And so thank the Lord for that. This is the way you have to look at preaching. Just because it crosses your path does not mean that that's a bad thing. And so I hope that you take it that way tonight. Hosea chapter 13, verse number 9. O Israel, thou hast destroyed thyself, but in me is thine help. God's word said it was self-destruction. Israel... Uh, by the way, he said, How do you let God be true and every man a liar? Right? So let's just get that settled off the bat. Israel tried to blame Samaria. You read that whole context there. They tried to blame Assyria. Israel tried to blame everybody around them. They tried to blame Tyre and Sidon. They tried to blame Egypt and Judah. And uh, to all of their neighbors, they were just looking for somebody to pin it on, on why they had been destroyed. Yet their reasoning that they were destroyed was all wrong, and God had to point that out to them. Now, Israel was destroyed, no doubt about that. But God said it wasn't Samaria, and it wasn't Judah, and it wasn't Egypt, and it wasn't your surrounding neighbors. O Israel, thou hast destroyed thyself. Then God, then God quickly adds, but in me is thine help. 
Now, we like that part, but to get to in me is thine help, you're just going to have to face some things that are going on in your life. God is simply saying you have no one to blame but yourself. I know we have a tough time thinking about that. So this is going to be a tough message for some of you. I don't think it should be, but I think it will be. And there are some who come to this church or have been to this church that are exactly as Israel was in Hosea. What am I talking about? It's the husband who says, I could have succeeded if I had a good wife, but she's the reason my life is destroyed. No, she wasn't, and no, she isn't. Husband, thou hast destroyed thyself, but in God is your help. So here's what's going to happen, but here's your choice, God. You see, it's, it's, the, it's the young person who says, I could have turned out differently and my wife, life would not have been destroyed if my parents had raised me properly. Listen to me, son or daughter. Thou hast destroyed thyself. And even if you're at that point, your help is in God. God said, I'm here to help you. If you destroy your life, you, you cannot justly blame a drunkard dad or a careless mother or I was raised by one parent. God says, it is not those around you that destroyed your life. You can salvage that. God is your help. So many people talk about all the advantages that a person like Brother Cordry, let's pick one Brother Cordry Day. Uh, Brother Cordry, and by the way, I, I envy him in that, to, in my opinion, he is the last. Let's put a lot of pressure on you, brother. He was raised and lived and was brought up in the kind of life I think God had planned for all of us. And he had, uh, he was raised in a Christian home. His mom and dad were good Christian people, full-time servants in a local church giving their life for the Lord. Then he went off to a Bible college, uh, one of the best in the country, and he went there. And then he met a good Christian woman. Well, that hadn't happened yet. Uh, he met a good Christian woman. Go ahead, sign that, tell him. And, uh, and, uh, and you said, well, Sure. If I had all those advantages, uh, my life wouldn't be destroyed either. Really? What about your preacher? All the advantages I just told you about, I had none. I was raised in a drunkard's home. You know my story. You understand that neither parent were saved, never went to church. We were not taught to pray. We were not taught to read the Bible. There was constant arguing and fussing going on. As I got older, older, meaning 12, 13 years old, already began to smoke and drink and take drugs and running in gangs and get tattoos and all the other cool things that you do out there in the world. But now I have a wonderful church I get a pastor. Now I have a wife, a wonderful wife. I'm talking about a Christian wife of almost 50 years, almost 50 years. I went to a Christian university. I've had great opportunity. I've met some of the more famous Christians you'll ever want to meet in my lifetime. Now, the fact of the matter is what I'm saying. If you stay a failure, it is not God's fault. It's not somebody else's fault. Listen to me very carefully. If it is background and, sur and surroundings that causes a person not to destroy their life, then I should have been destroyed. He should have succeeded. He got all the breaks. He got everything in his favor. But what happened to me? So that scenario that you're thinking about doesn't hold water because if anybody should be a failure, it should have been guys like me. By the way, if anybody should succeed, it's every young Christian in this church. If that were the case. 
your surroundings, but that's not what goes on. Quit blaming everybody else. Nobody can destroy your Christian life but you. Thou hast destroyed thyself, but in God is thy help. The road to recovery for you is this. Face the destruction. Quit running away from it. Quit ignoring it. Quit blaming everybody else. Just face it for what it is. You're never going to handle it until you just face it and say, that's what it is. The next thing you need to do is accept the blame. Not for what happened, but for what's going on now. Not for what happened to you. Not what's going on around you. But what you're allowing. Accept the blame for that. Quit passing it off on everybody else. Number three, ask for God's help. In me is thine help. God said so. God said, look, you destroyed yourself, but I'm still here. I'll help you. Number four, do things his way. Do things his way. I am so glad that Mrs. Miller and I had that conversation. I hated to bring up God and Bible and trusting the Lord, but I kind of had to do that. You know, I'm the reverend around here. And so I had to talk to her about that. And uh, it, I, I don't know what was going on, her mind and heart, but I do know what happened when she received the good news. She didn't praise the doctor. She praised the Lord, which is the way it should be. Next, straighten up your mess and patiently wait on the Lord. That's a problem. I prayed about it and nothing happened. And Be patient. You never overcome or succeed by blaming others for your failures. Get that down in your heart and your mind. It will never help you by pointing fingers at other people and saying that's the reason why. Example, well, my dad never played ball with me growing up, and that's why I cannot cope in life now. Sir, young lady, that is not true. Absolutely not true. I remember I've told you this famous story before. Uh, it's about me. And uh, my dad and I couldn't believe it. My dad was not. This is why I, I can't believe I was as athletic as I was, and my dad was not. It uh, must have been my brother and just people I ran around with. But my dad one day, you just have to understand, it's the way our family was. Very dysfunctional. Uh, Philistines, heathenistic, okay? And so my dad said, uh, get your glove, let's go out and throw a ball. I could not believe it. My dad. So I went out in the street. He may have planned it that way, I'm not sure. And uh, he's, he was in the driveway. I remember to this day living right in Hilliard's when my dad was still a, in our home. And uh, my dad threw the ball at me. I, my dad left when I was uh, barely 11 years old. So it was some time before that. I'd never been in a ball game before. And he threw the ball, and it came right at me, went right between my legs, and he yelled and cussed at me. I picked up the ball. I threw it back, hit him right in the head. He cussed at me again, and we never played again. So why with all that going on that I could blame my destruction and my failure in life for, did I turn out the way I have thus far? You, you need to answer these types of questions. Many are failures in life, and life is destroyed because they still dwell on things that happened 20 and 30 years ago, and it's easier for you to find people to blame it on than to build a Christian life. It's easier to blame than to build. It's easier to find and accuse than to do something that matters. And by the way, how's that working for you? It's not working at all. You see, but my mother, she never showed affection towards me. Well, you're an adult now. That may have been true. But aren't you an adult now? She's still destroying your life? 
You're married, you have kids, you live away from her, and she's still destroying your life. Listen to me. Thou hast destroyed thyself, but God is your help. Example, I only have one parent growing up. So how's blaming them helping? Is that pulling things back together? Is that putting hope back in your life? He's asleep again. Is that? <laughs> he won't wake up. Leave him alone. Now, listen to me. you got to quit listening to psychiatrists and psychologists. They were taught by heathen universities. And you're taking advice from the ungodly. Point. Psychiatrists, what happened to you in your childhood is causing your problem today. That's why today you cannot cope in your adult life. Something may have happened, but the reason you can't cope today, that is not what's causing the problem. Thou hast destroyed thyself. You're an adult. Is there a God in heaven? Are you a born-again Christian? Do you have the word of God? Do you go to a good church? Yes, you do. Uh, do you have all these things going for you? Yes, you do. Why is your life still being destroyed because you're blaming somebody else? And God said, look, I'm telling you right now, it's not Samaria's problem. That's not why you were destroyed. And it's not Tyre. It's not Sidon. It's not Assyria. These are not the people who destroyed you. Israel, you have destroyed thyself. But in God is your help. So what are you going to do now? I just gave you the answer. I am thine help. God said, look, I'm here. I'm here for you. Look, I know you destroyed yourself. I know you're blaming other people. I want you to know I'm here for you. Example, I was molested and abused when I was a young child. And that's why I'm rebellious. That's why I'm angry. That's why I can't love. That's why I socially do not fit in. And it's destroying my adult life. Young man, young lady. You're an adult now. You have a will now. And you have access to God. You have access to church. You have access to a Bible. You have access to the Holy Spirit. You have access to other Christians who have overcome. Thou hast destroyed thyself. Not what happened to you, but now letting it continue to destroy your life. Israel, you're destroying yourself is what God's saying. But letting an incident or a person after all these years to destroy your life when God said, I'm right here to help you. Thou hast destroyed thyself. Example, but my pastor mistreated me and took away my jobs and destroyed my life, and that's why I quit and hate church. You say, that's just silly. There's a person around here that whenever they're driving by our church and see anybody on the property, they feel led of, it's not God, of the devil and their flesh and the world to roll down their window and just cuss and scream. Evidently, this church is still destroying their lives. Now, because you're good fundamentalists, you're just concerned about who that is. No, you can blame everybody you want to. You made a decision one day in your life to leave this place and go out into the world. And you found it easier to blame others than simply live the way you're supposed to and turn to your father and trust him and let him be your help. It's always much easier to point fingers. It's always much easier to skirt the blame. It's always much easier to just wallow in self-pity instead of saying, that's enough. I've got God as my savior. I've got a good church. I've got a Bible. I've got these things going for me. Bless God, I'm tired of destroying my life. God, you're my help. Would you help me right now? Example, 
Mom and dad never showed, I'm sorry, my dad never showed love to my mom and any affection, and that's why my marriage is suffering and being destroyed. No. By the way, I've heard all these. It may be true that your mom did not show your dad affection or vice versa, but you're the one destroying your life by not trusting God. Let me tell you something right now. Every answer you need is in you yielding and trusting to God. You listen to psychologists, and you want to listen to pediatricians, you want to listen to doctors, you help yourself. But I'll disagree with most of what they have to say. But you keep hanging on to that. Well, this is why I can't, and that's why I won't, and you don't understand. Tell me what I don't understand. What you're saying is God is not big enough to help you with your problem. He's big enough to help other people with similar or worse problems, but he's not big enough to help you. God said, look, Israel, you destroyed yourself. Quit blaming everybody, but I'll let you know something. I am thy help. Example, I couldn't afford to go to a Christian school. Because of that, my life is now a disaster. Is God your father or not? Is God your father or is he not? Is he called the almighty God or I might have some might God? What is he? What is he to you? This is what you have to understand. You can destroy your life, but please understand, you now are the one destroying your life because though all this stuff may be against you, and it is true, whatever I'm talking about, it may actually have happened to you, in God is your help. Now, if God said in me is your help, why aren't you getting the help you need? Because we say we trust him. If you trust him, you quit running backward all the time. Now, I'm, not imagine, I'm, I'm kind of slapping you to wake you up, so I'm trying to do. If you do not go to him, obey him, you have no one to blame for the destroying of your life but yourself. But you don't understand what it's like. Tell me what I don't understand. And let's assume I don't. I know somebody that does, and his name happens to be Almighty God. There are people all around you that no longer swim in self-pity and, and, and stay up at night worrying about things. They have decided, as I told Mrs. Miller, that Mrs. Um, from First Baptist, um, Marlene Evans said, I'm going to live until I die. Some of you are dying while you're living. And you know whose fault that is? Yours. You just decided, I guess this is the way my life's going to be the rest of my life. Stop it! There's a God in heaven. He's called Almighty God, and he said, listen to me. I am thy help, Israel. Israel had suffered destruction and blamed that destruction on everybody, looking for someone to pin the blame on for what happened to them, and God straightened that problem out. God said, you destroyed yourself, but I'm here for you. I am here to help you, but you have destroyed yourself. Example. Wife says, if I had a better husband, I could be a better wife. Not true. That's your excuse. But that's not true. That is not true at all. Some husbands and wives, while marriage and family is suffering and heading for destruction a little bit at a time, seem to be only concerned about who they can pin the blame on while their family is being destroyed. They're looking 
to shift the blame as though he or she is the one that's destroying our family. Not true. Not true. You'll never stop the destruction that way. Any preacher or Christian worth their salt or knows anything about the word of God will not accept that as a reason on why your family is being destroyed. Until each one of us start accepting responsibility for what we are now doing and allowing, we will never stop the destruction in our families or in our lives. Thou hast destroyed thyself. Example. So how many examples you got? How much time you got? I quit serving the Lord and my life is falling apart because the pastor that I dearly love fell into sin. So you find it easier instead of going on with the Lord, piling your sin on top of somebody else's, and that's a good excuse. That'll never hold water when you get to heaven, if we hold water when we get to heaven. Example, ladies who pout and constantly run down their husbands because he's not living for God and is not the spiritual person they believe he should be. What are you trying to say? Are you trying to say because your husband is not serving God the way you think he should, that's what gave you the bad attitude? He did that. So what, what are you trying to say? That you're a failure at witnessing for Christ because of what your husband doesn't do? Ma'am, I don't know how to break the news to you. Your husband's really not here for you. God made you for him. Get used to the fact you are. Somebody just say, oh my, get, y'all still here? Don't let them rush the platform, fellas. Am I on? Am I, okay, good. Can, can you hear, is this on? Are you trying to tell everybody you act like a martyr? Hoping someone will pity and say, I understand why you can't live the Christian life that God freely gave you and you escaped hell. I understand why you can't do that. Why do we act this way? Because other people have bought into our excuse making and said, I understand, they're their martyr kid. Martyr? You live in America. You still have a husband or wife. And it would be a whole lot better if you just shut your mouth and obey God and say to yourself, it's my problem. I will face it. God, you're my help. I'm going to get through this. Thou hast destroyed thyself. No, ma'am, I don't buy it at all. I want you to go to 1 Peter. Now, those of you that are struggling with that bum, <laughs> let me tell you why. And let me tell you, your only hope and out is to trust God. He is your hope. Let me tell you why. First Peter chapter number 3, look at verse number 1. You there? Say amen. Now, if you say amen and you're not there, you lied. Okay, take it back. Minna. Okay, now. Get it? Yeah, whatever. Likewise, ye wise, be it. Oh, gee. Where are the black magic markers today? This stuff is so old-fashioned. This will never work. I am thy help. I am thine help. Look, I am thy help. Quit making stuff up. Quit listening to psychologists. A study of the brain. Somebody ought to study their brain. Where are they getting all this information at? Because when you leave out God, all they keep telling you is, is what caused your problem. When are they going to give you an answer? 
When are they going to give you an answer? Man, the problem in your husband, though he's a problem. It's you. Let me show you what I'm talking about. Likewise, you wives, be in subjection to your own husband. There's one problem you got, that if any obey not the word of God, see, not live for God. Okay, God said, I got that part. They may also, your worthless husband, may without the word, quit preaching at him. Quit preaching at him. God puts all the responsibility on you, ma'am, not on him. You're expecting a person who's not living for God and doing what's right to do a spiritual thing, aren't you? It doesn't work that way. Watch what he says. And the Bible said, while uh, uh, that may, without conversation, of, with, with, be won by the conversation of the wife. Not just talking about your words. Conversation is talking about body language, attitude, facial expressions. While they, the worthless husband, behold your chaste, chaste, controlled conversation, coupled with fear. What does that mean? They go together. Well, I told them the truth. There's no fear in that type of attitude. Fear meaning not, it's going to hit me. No, that's not true. If, if a guy hits a woman, somebody I'll knock his block off. You're welcome. Now. What he's talking about here is this. Oh, if I look that way, he's liable to misunderstand that. If I say that, what he might think this about that. But we don't care. I don't mind. I just tell him how I feel. That's your problem. That's your problem. Watch what he says here. Who's adorning? Let it not be. You don't need to go out and buy more clothes. Well, maybe some of you do. Yeah, what's it? Let it not be the outward adorning, the plaiting of hair, the wearing of gold, or the putting on of apparel. But let it be the hidden man. He's talking to the wife. He is talking to the wife. He's not talking. This guy is not living right. He may not even be saved. And God said, if there's any hope, if there's any hope, you listen to me, God said. Here's where you're going to do it. But we're not patient. We don't believe God. It doesn't work overnight. And hang this whole thing. And that's what destroyed my life. No, you destroyed your own life. It's a preacher. That's awful rough. No, I'm kind of on the chin. You know a way to get an attention of a guy who thinks he's a great boxer? Knock him out. Some of us Christians, we never do anything wrong. And so if I even come close, you act like you're, like you're sparring with me. Ooh, boy, he almost got me on that one. Ooh, he, he said, Moses, my name's Bob. Uh, and we just, we, just, we, just, we just sidestep the whole thing. Now, you can do that all your life, and here's what you're going to end up doing. When the rug is pulled out from underneath, you're going to blame somebody else or a situation. So what does he say in verse number four? Let it be the hidden man of the heart, which in the sight, which is not corruptible, even a, oh, get your magic marker out again. Meek and quiet. You ready? Shut up. Quit complaining. And for God's sake, don't run home and say, the preacher said this, and he's a great speaker. Boy, he's just such a great guy. Don't stop that. He already doesn't like the place. Now he's going to blame me. That's not me. Now, so if you would accept the blame and face your problems, do what God says. God said, look, I'm your help. You keep blaming. Blaming everybody is not helping you, is it? Why do you keep doing that? Because you don't know what else to do. You would be filled with hope instead of acting like a mope. 
That's just, that's just all that I could think of. I should have put dope. But I didn't say that. You would have a sweet spirit instead of a critical one. Does he ever do... I, I talked to a lady one time, and, uh, oh, she was livid. Oh, she's just so upset. And uh, oh, he's not this, and he's not that, and he's not this, and he's not that. I knew the guy. And I said, oh, stop, stop, stop. Time out. Does he come home every night? Yeah. I said, does he pay the bills, or does he take money? No, he pays the bills. I said, uh, is there any good... Oh, he loves to make me laugh. He's, he's so good at that, making me laugh. I said, so you like it? Oh, Yeah. I said, so what's the problem? He won't get up in the morning and read his Bible. They're in my office talking divorce because he won't read his Bible. She has made all of life, if it's not perfect, my life is being destroyed. Some of you, you don't know how good you've got it because you're always looking at what you ain't got. And you're destroying your own life. I do not know of too many more things more sickening than a grown-up pouting and crying, crying around and feeling sorry for themselves and blaming everybody else when God said, I'm here to help you. Yeah. You ever notice how I avoid some people? You say, preacher, I don't think that's right. I don't go to church. Some people, that's what their life is, them. Hurt, excitement didn't work, whatever. It's all about you. It's never about sacrificing, hurting, letting somebody else learn something. It matters not who your husband may be, who your wife may be, who your neighbors may be, what the problem you have had, how you've been let down, who let you down, how far you've been let down. The only person who can destroy George Bell is George Bell. God put that in my ability. And he put the same thing in your ability too. My kids can't do that. My in-laws can't do that. My outlaws can't. I have those. My outlaws can't do that. You know the only person who can destroy you is you. God said, Israel, you can blame whoever you want to. That's not the case. Though those are the people that overcame you. He said, I can tell you how that happened. He did that. But I'm here to be your help. Why do you give up so easily? I'm amazed at I tell you why. Uh, you're not going to like this part of it. What generation are you in? What do they call this generation? This is generation Z. What are they going to do when they run out of the alphabet? Now you're generation A. Now where, do you, where do you go? What, everybody has an alphabet now? I know one thing about this generation. Look at me and listen to me. You don't like and will not take anything. You're just not going to do it. But I'll tell you what you do. I'll tell you what you're real good at. Feeling sorry for yourself and putting the blame on everybody else. No? You ever watch them in the street? When are our mayor going to do something about all the shooting? When is this not fair to us? Parents, get a hold of your kids. Snatch them by the neck and make them behave. Ready for this one? It's going to shock you. Beat the fire out of them. Make them behave. He said, if they do that, they'll call children's services. Call children's services ahead of time. I got a kid here at any time going to call you and wants to be with you guys. I'm just telling you. Why do we give up so easily? 
What happened to the fight in a Christian? What happened to our fight? Whatever happened to those Christian people who, who, who would say, I, 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 got, I, I got a marriage and I'm going to fight for it. Amen. Now, if that's the way you feel about it, then that's up to you. Just go ahead and leave. You know, you should be shot. Whatever happened, I've got a wayward child, and I'm going to fight to save that child. Whatever happened, I got a church. I'm going to fight for it. Well, I heard this, and my best friend said that. That's all it took, wasn't it? If everything's not perfect, that's all that it took. Whatever happened to fighting? Do you know the way, the way this got here was by a lot of fighting, a lot of enduring, a lot of putting up, a lot of accepting the blame and saying, God, you're in charge of this. There's nothing I can do if you do not make us make ends meet. What happened to our fight? What happened to fighting for your Sunday school class or teaching back here in the school? Well, if it doesn't work out, oh, shut up. I don't have kids in there either. Shut the face down. I don't care. That's what we do today. You know why you ought to put your kids in that school? Financially to help secure it. Whatever happened to fighting for that job you have that God gave you in church? All it took was your boss saying, you need to work. Tell him no. Tell me yes. Why do you tell him yes? And by the way, it's voluntary to begin with. Very little mandatory overtime anyway. Does it not seem more times than not that at the first sign of anything not being perfect, like rats on a sinking ship, we're going to be the first out of here. You know what your friend said. I just don't want you to be hurt. You say, preacher, we won't be, will you? We probably will. When did that become a, no, let's go to a church where there is no hurt. Please show me where that's at so I can point you in the other direction. If anchor is ever destroyed, do you know who we need to blame? Us. Don't fool yourself. It's not the church down the street. It's not the world. It's us. Accept the blame. The psychiatrists, the liberals, the school teachers are destroying America. Public schools, politicians, and the media have taught us it's not your fault. You bought into that. You actually believe that what's going on with you, you shot somebody else because you're poor. Man, I should have been a mass murderer when I was a kid. You being poor, it's the training you've received. And now we've got Christians buying into it that, well, what else was I supposed to do? Trust God. Trust God. Trust God. In him is your hope. Hope thou in God. My hope is God. I'm here. Okay, you destroyed your life, but I'm thy help. God said, I'm still here. Example, I would have made it in life, but I live on the west side. You think I'm kidding you? I wonder what those people over there in Lincoln Park are saying. Wedgwood. 
if it wasn't for that gang, if it wasn't for those people, if it wasn't for the government, and it wasn't for our mayor, and if it wasn't for the police, and everything's everybody else's fault but theirs. Well, you don't know. Now you're amen. When I was talking about us, it's like, I don't know about that. No, thou hast destroyed thyself. It may be true, but God said, look, in me is your help. Example, I would have not lost my vision and joy of serving the Lord had it not been for the way things are ran at church. You know, you know my greatest prayer is going to be you get your opportunity. But you'd destroy so many lives as soon as things got tough, you'd bail. You did it here, you'll do it there. You know, once you start quitting, it becomes real easy. You quit enough places, there'd be no place to quit. There'd be no place to quit quitting to go quit too, if you quit. You can write that down. If you want to, if if you if you want to finally nail the one who's destroyed your life, wouldn't that be good? Look in the mirror. Dale Moody said, "I am my own worst enemy." And he didn't mean just because of open sin and stealing and murder and adultery, self pity. Feeling sorry for yourself. Look, folks, please don't take this wrong. What happened to you as a child is devastating and true. But you're like what now? 50? Okay, good. There's only a handful of people in here 50. Okay, let's bring it down a little bit, okay? You're allowing it to destroy you. Those people went on with their life. You're the one destroying yourself, but you still want to blame everybody else. Why don't you go to God? He said, I'm your help. He didn't even say the preacher's your help. He said, I'm your help. How's your prayer life? But you don't show up for prayer. How's your Bible reading? But you're not participating in Bible. How's your soul winning? You're going to see you out on Saturday or Thursday or Friday or Tuesday or any other time. And then you can't understand why God didn't help you because you're not going to God for help. Were you not happier and more contented in life when you personally took responsibility for your own life and actions? You never will grow up until you learn how to do that. I don't care what your age is. Miss Potter just shook her head. Her son, great man, good God, good God. How you had him, I have no idea. But anyway, no, I'm kidding. He, he really, no, she knows better than that. Uh, he could have been a what, fleet commander? That means he watches over ships. Ship, don't he has his own ship, or a bunch of ships. He tells the president what to do. Whatever. Well, somebody needs to tell the president what to do. And whether you understand this or not, he's, he's a Christian, and I think he really did the right thing. Okay. After twenty years, his wife said, "I'm done." The girls are not girls. Two teenage girls, 16 and 13, 16, 14. And she said, I need your help. You know what he did? He took himself, set himself aside, and said, it's time to go back to church. Or I suppose he could have went ahead and done what he thought was right and what he wants to do. Now, I think she could have went along with it and said, Set himself aside, his dreams, what he wanted, what he thought was right. 
for what God gave him after God, after he got saved. It was his wife and his children. That's amazing. Are you a Christian woman? What are you still holding against your husband? Well, he doesn't know how to comb his hair. He's learning. Give him a break. He doesn't know how to shave. kick him out of school. Very quickly, let me leave with this. Look, you have to accept your problem. You may not have caused the problem, but now it is your problem. Now, you can sidestep that all you want to. It's never going to help you. You'll find out it just keeps growing and destroying even more. You know why? You will not acknowledge, I'm destroying myself. Yes, you really are. Okay, how to avoid self-destruction. Number one, never give a thought of blaming someone else. That never helps a thing. That's why we don't have a good president. That's why we don't have good congressmen. That's why we don't have good moms and dads the way they should be. Real leadership, when things go bad, says it's my fault, and they mean it. Then they go about to straighten up the problem. Bad leadership, whether it's on a mom and dad level, a preacher level, or a president level, to pat himself on the back when anything goes right and blame everybody else when things go wrong. Sir, if that's what you do in your home, that's bad leadership. Ma'am, you're kind of a grown-up too, aren't you? And you still, like a child, cannot control your emotions, your words, your attitude. You can't figure out why things keep going wrong. Never think it over. Oh, never think it's over, even when the fat lady sings. You know what I mean by that? It's a colloquialism. Uh, in, in a long time ago, uh, but also in opera, how did you know when it was coming to an end? Believe it or not, they had a rather rotund woman that would come out with a helmet on with horns and stuff. Why did they put horns on that woman? Anyway, and so I'm just, I'm just saying they would do that. Uh, Broomhilda? Was that? No. Um, there's a name for a person like that. And everybody knew that the thing was almost over because the fat lady sang. Look it up. I'm, just, I'm not making this up. It's true. Even if you hear other people say it's over, it's not. Don't you dare believe it. Don't you dare believe it. It doesn't matter who pronounces you dead. Where's our fight? Get back up. Look, you're not perfect. Okay, as soon as you finally buy into that, the better off you're going to be. Don't accept failure, but quit thinking, if I don't do it perfectly, I might as well quit. That is the dumbest thing I've ever heard of. Number three, never never have a setback without learning a Bible truth or principle to add to your life. Okay, what did you learn the last time this happened? Nothing. I don't like it. That's not a lesson. That's a self-pity statement. What did you learn? Anything? What Bible truth came to mind that you applied to your life? If you do not learn, look, folks, if you fail ninth grade, we don't put you in 12th. I know, it's a shock. We're going to put you back in ninth grade until you learn. 
What do you think God does? God's more concerned about your character than your, yeah, it's going to happen, than your comfort. You talking to me? Yeah, I'm talking to you. Are you talking to me? Yeah, I'm talking to you. You don't learn that lesson. God's going to teach you, train you, and you're going to try it again. You know there's this thing you keep bumping into. It irritates you. You can't get past it. It keeps destroying your life system. You know why? I am thine help. You're still trying to handle it all by yourself, and the way you're handling it is wrong. You're blaming everybody, and God said, uh, right now you're destroying yourself. I'm just letting you know. I'm not bailing on you. I love you. Number three, never, oh, okay, never have a setback. If, 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 you're, if your class is dying, why? Oh, no. No, what? No, learn. Learn. What happened? What do you think you could have done? Go to God in prayer. Blame yourself. Get over it. Now go do something about it. If your bus route is going down, you tried everything you know. Quit blaming everybody. Well, I don't have enough helpers. Oh, shut up. Well, if it wasn't for, and, then, and you don't know, and well, that, and well, that's why. That makes as much sense. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, next. Ready? Number four. Never stand still or go backward. I don't care if it's your marriage. I don't care if it's church work, a friendship, family. Do not float. Cannot stand still or go backward cannot do it, you will destroy your Christian life. To stand still or to go backward in anything is self-destructive. If you quit everything that you do or that you don't like or that it hurts you or does not go your way, what eventually will you do when you quit for the last time? If like begets like, parents, look up here. If like begets like, and it does, and your children as they grow up watch you whine, complain, quit, bail, those are the kind of kids you're raising. Kids really don't mind suffering. They, they whine about it, but they don't mind. When they get older, they actually brag about it. We do. Man, when I was young, triple D jeans. Yeah, I ran a fork down my throat. My mom said, oh, just eat it and get over with it. Now we brag about that, right? It's like, like Noah falling on his face, a tooth hanging out of his lip. Now it's bragging right. Yeah, you see that scar right there? It, it's like um, um, Mateo. Mateo's got a cool scar now. He doesn't even realize it. But when he gets older, he goes, what happened to your face? I uh, ran into a piece of metal. He, he'll, he'll embellish that to no end, right? It was as big as I was. At that time, that was probably true. Number five, always turn to God for your help. We so quick, especially with women, I'm sorry, ladies, just the way you do it. Your first response is to find another lady that you can explain things to. self-destruction. Number one, never give a thought of blaming someone else. Nobody helps them. Number two, never think it over. Never think it's over even when the fat lady says it's over. 
that's a real painful looking like a miracle. But no, look it up instead. Number three, never have a setback without learning a biblical principle or truth that adds to your life. Number four, never stand still and go backward. Look, if you're going to dive, dive on forward. You never gain by going backward. You never gain by being still. So you might as well go forward. Number five, always turn to God for your help. There will always be people. And let's assume you get over this, but you really haven't changed your mind. There will always be people and things and accidents, families, churches that will hurt and injure and attack. So I guess we will have plenty of things and people to blame stuff on, won't we? There's lots of stuff to blame on if that's what you're looking for. It's everywhere. In churches, out of churches, in your family, out of your family. So when are you going to stop all that? Blaming everything. Why my life is destroyed? When all this takes place and you're finally out there and feeling sorry for yourself and you don't have any friends and everything's falling apart, I just want you to go into the bathroom, look in the mirror and go, why did I let this happen? Preacher, I, I, I just need some help. Hosea 13, 9. O Israel, thou hast destroyed thyself, but in me, Father, thank you for the Bible.